0: God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Louis de Montfort uh, comments on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, quote, At last, when the time appointed for the redemption of mankind had come, our Lord built himself a house, a worthy dwelling place. He created and formed the Immaculate Mary in the womb of St. Anne, which he did with even greater delight than he had taken in creating the universe, close quote. So the Feast of the Macra Conception is a day in which we celebrate the fact that Our Lady was conceived without original sin. She's the only human person who never suffered from original or actual sin. Our Lady is the only human person that never suffered from original or actual sin. Now, before we go on, let's make sure we don't get confused. Our Lord, of course, never Ever suffered from original or actual sin. Our Lord is not a human person. Real quick review. We've talked about this before, but imagine you're staying in a cabin in the woods and you hear a loud crashing noise outside. You think, what was that? Is that a bear? Is that an elk? Is that a moose? When you're asking the question about what something is, you're asking the question about its nature. What is it? What can it do? So, a bear has bear nature, claws, digs around, he's warm-blooded, eats whatever he finds. Fish have fish nature, they're cold-blooded, have gills, swim in the water, lay eggs, and so forth. So, nature answers the question, what is it? What can it do? But you're in that house in the woods, that cabin, you hear a knock on the door. You don't go, what is that? Is that a bear? Is that a moose? Is that an elk? You say, who's there? Because you're already assuming you know the nature, it's a human person out there. When you ask the question who, the question who is a question about person. Person answers the question, who is it and who's doing it? So nature answers the question, what is it, what can it do? And person answers the question, who is it, who's doing it? Now how does this apply to our Lord? Our Lord is not a human person. He's a divine person. He's the second person to the most blessed Trinity. He's God the Son. So who is he? He's God, the Son. And he has two natures. All right? He has two distinct natures. He's God, he's got the nature of God, the nature of man. So the nature answers, what is it? It's a whatness. What is it? What can it do? So since our Lord is God, he can do everything proper to being God. Create the universe, hold all things in being, etc. Since he's a man, he can do all the things proper to man, which is be born eat, sleep, get cut, and bleed, die, because death means the soul leaves the body. So what is he? He's both God and man. Who is he? He's God the Son. So who's doing everything that that little baby laying in the manger or nursing, who's doing that? That's God. Who's that running around in in Galilee with St. Joseph? That's God the Son. Who is that teaching the apostles? That's God the Son. Who is that eating with him? That's God the Son. Who is that dying on the cross? That's God the Son. So he's a divine person. He's God and man. The second person, the most blessed Trinity, is, 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 is so he's person, it's the second per- person of the most blessed Trinity. And what is he? He's true God and true man. Okay, so that's the review. Back to the macro conception. Our lady is a human person. She's a human person. So she is and she's conceived without original sin. She's the only human person who never suffered ever from original actual sin. She's the new Eve, and God has given her a dignity above all angels and men except for himself. As St. Louis de Montfort says, quote, O Mary, masterpiece of the Most High, miracle of eternal wisdom, prodigy of the Almighty, abyss of grace. Only he who created thee, and this I say with all the saints, knows the height of the depth and the breadth of the graces he has conferred upon thee. Close quote. Only he who has created thee knows the height, the depth, and the breadth of the graces he has conferred upon thee. Now that might sound like a poetic exaggeration, but it isn't. Here are the very words pronounced by Blessed Pius IX concerning this very truth. Quote: Above all creatures did God so love her, that truly in her was the Father well pleased with singular delight. Therefore, far above all the angels and all the saints, so wondrously did God endow with abundance of all heavenly gifts, poured from the treasury of his divinity, this mother, ever absolutely free of all stain of sin, all fair and perfect, would possess that fullness of holy innocence and sanctity, than which under God one cannot even imagine anything greater, which outside of God no mind can succeed in comprehending fully. Close quote, the victor of Christ. So today, among other things, we're celebrating the fact that at least one human person got it 100% totally right, and that is Our Lady. That's not the half of it. By the grace of our baptism, we become adopted sons of God. So we've been adopted into this heavenly family, and that makes her our blessed mother. And that's good news for sinners like us, because as that great father and doctor of church, St. Bernard, says, quote, the Blessed Virgin Mary's request can never be refused. She obtains whatever she will, close quote. So we're adopted children of the Blessed Mother, and Our Lady obtains what she wants. So what's the point? St. Alphonsus explains, quote, Mary is our mother and desires our salvation more than we can desire it ourselves. Since then, this is the case. How can it be possible for a child of Mary to be lost? He may be a sinner, but if he recommends himself to the good mother with perseverance and purpose of amendment, she will undertake to obtain him light to abandon his wicked state, sorrow for his sins, perseverance in virtue, and finally, a good death. Close quote. Our Lord revealed to the great doctor of church, St. Catherine of Siena, that, quote, he had granted to Mary, who was his mother, that no one, not even a sinner, who had devoutly recommends himself to her, shall ever be dragged into hell by the demons. Close quote. St. Alphonsus says, quote, How enraged is the devil when he sees a soul persevering in devotion to the Blessed Mother. Close quote. How enraged is the devil when he sees a soul persevering in devotion to Our Lady, because no one, not even a sinner, who devoutly recommends himself to her, shall ever be dragged into hell by the demons. So today, we'll briefly review one easy way to practice true devotion to Our Lady. We'll review one easy way to enrage the devil, and one easy way to prevent being dragged into hell by the demons. And everything we're gonna say from now on, for the rest of the sermon, can be summarized in one sentence. And here it is. Everyone should say the three Hail Marys for holiness and purity every morning and every night. Everyone should say the three Hail Marys for holiness and purity every morning and every night. That's because the three Hail Marys are a super easy way to practice true devotion to Our Lady. three Hail Marys are a super easy way to enrage the devil. The three Hail Marys are a super easy way to prevent being dragged into hell by the demons. Everyone here should say the three Hail Marys for holiness and purity every morning and every night. For almost a thousand years, the popes have encouraged this very practice. When he was organizing the First uh, Crusade at the Council of Claremont in 1095, Pope Urban II proposed saying the Three Hail Marys for the triumph of the Church. And it's not for nothing that we say the Three Hail Marys after Low Mass, because that's essentially the same reason that Popes Leo XIII and St. Pius X and Pius XI ordered the Three Hail Marys should be said after the Low Mass. Blessed Pius IX, Leo XIII and St. Pius X each granted special indulgences for the practice of the Three Hail Marys, which no longer exist, unfortunately, uh, but that's, that's how that is. But that's how important they thought it was. Everyone should say the Three Hail Marys for holiness and purity every morning and every night. The popes have encouraged the practice, but so have the saints. For example, Saint Philip Neri used to teach catechism to little kids. And when he'd be done teaching them, he'd say, alright children, is it easy to go to hell? And they'd say, oh yes, Father, it's easy to go to hell, because little kids have no guile. They'll say what they think. They haven't been tricked yet. Yes, Father, it's easy to go to hell. He'd say, that's right. That is true. But do you want to know a very easy way to go to heaven? They say, yes, Father. Say your three Hail Marys. Okay, Father. How hard is that? Here's just a few saints that have recommended this practice. St. Bruno, the Carthusian. St. Matilda. St. Gertrude the Great. St. Letter to Port Maurice. St. John Bergman's. St. John Baptist Marie of Vianney, the security of ours. St. Stanislaus Kostka; St. Louis Marie of Montfort, St. John Joseph of the Cross, St. John Baptist de Rossi, St. Gerard Magella, St. Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows, St. Philip Neri; St. Bonaventure, he's a doctor of the church. St. Anthony of Padua, he's a doctor of the church. St. Alphonsus, he's a doctor of the church. And St. Alphonsus thought so highly of this practice that if someone came to him to confession, and he found out they didn't say the Three Hail Marys every day, that's what he'd always give them for the penance, so they'd get the practice. Everyone should say the Three Hail Marys for holiness and purity every morning and every night. St. Alphonsus wrote about this practice nearly 20 times. Here's a typical example I quote from St. Alphonsus. We can every morning and evening on rising and going to bed say Three Hail Marys, prostrate or at least kneeling. And add to each three Hail Mary this short prayer, "O oh Mary by the period of conception, make my body pure and my soul holy. We should then, as St. Sanislaus always did, ask Mary's blessing as her mother, place ourselves under the mantle of her protection, beseeching her to guard us during the coming day or night for sin. For, for this purpose it is advisable to have a beautiful picture image of the Blessed Virgin. Close quote, St. Alphonsus. So everyone should say the three Hail Marys for holiness and purity every morning, and every night. Here's another very, very important quote from St. Alphonsus attributed him by Pope St. Pius X, quote, the three Hail Marys are the best safeguard for chastity, Close quote. The three Hail Marys are the best safeguard for chastity. Everyone should say the three Hail Marys every morning and every night for holiness and purity. Here's the promise uh, made by Our Lady to St. Matilda regarding the three Hail Marys. Astonishing conversions, increasing virtues, cure the sick, temptations conquered, business difficulties solved, holy death and salvation. The promise made to the, by, by the Blessed Virgin to Saint Matilda. Everyone here should say the three Hail Marys every morning and night for holiness and purity. So the popes and the saints have encouraged the practice of the three Hail Marys, but so have spiritual writers. I quote. This devotion is suitable for everyone. For sinners, is a classic example of a devotion approved especially for them by the Church. Even if the complete renewal in our way of life does not occur immediately, at least a great change for the better will be noted. Our faithful perseverance in this practice will succeed in obtaining the complete change sooner or later through Our Lady's intercession. For those who progress in spiritual life, the three Our are powerful arms against temptations especially those against purity. From my wide experience, I know that boys and girls who faithfully honor Mary do not usually commit serious sins. And this devotion is really very easily practiced, for its very brevity makes it suitable for everyone, however busy they may be, since it does not even take one minute to pray the three Hail Marys. It takes about 40 seconds. Therefore, of the 1,440 minutes in each day, Are we unable to devote about one and a half minutes per day to reciting the three Hail Marys in the morning and at night in order that we may attain our eternal salvation? So the popes, the saints, and the spiritual writers have encouraged the practice of the three Hail Marys, but so have sinners. I will quote a letter from a sinner. Here's the personal testimony of a sinner who used the devotion with good results. For the last three years, I've been the slave of a bad habit against the virtue of purity. How could I get rid of this terrible passion? I tried every means available, but all proved useless. I used to give in to very serious sins and even to sacrilege. This was most disheartening. Then one day, someone recommended me the devotion of the Three Hail Marys, and now it is not even quite one month since I started to pray the Three Hail Marys every morning and every night without fail. I cannot explain what has happened within me. But I do know I can assure you that since the very first moment it has produced wonderful results within me. I have not yet succumbed to the impure temptation since then. When I have been weak and just about ready to succumb, something or another has happened which has stopped me from giving in. And indeed, I do know that it was something stronger than my desire of sinning. So everyone should say the three Homeras for holiness and purity every morning and every night. St. Alphonsus says, quote, What mother would not deliver her son from death if it only depended on her asking the favor in order to obtain it from the judge? And can we think that Mary, who loves her children with the mother's most tender love, will not deliver her children from eternal death when she can do it so easily? Close quote. Everyone here should say the three Hail Marys for holiness and purity every morning and every night. We'll close listening to Blessed Pius IX's description of Our Lady's power that he gave 163 years ago, today. Blessed Pius tonight. All our hope do we repose the most blessed virgins, in the all-fair and immaculate one, who has crushed the poisonous head of the most cruel serpent and brought salvation to the world, in her who is the glory of the prophets and apostles, the honor of the martyrs, the crown and joint of all the saints, in her who is, her who is the safest refuge and the most trustworthy helper of all who are in danger. In her, who with her only begotten Son is the most powerful mediatrix and conciliatrix in the whole world. In her, her, who is the most excellent glory, ornament, and impregnable stronghold of the Holy Church. In her, who has destroyed all heresies and snatched the faithful people and nations from all kinds of direst calamities. In her, do we hope, who has delivered us from so many threatening dangers. We have, therefore, a very certain hope. In complete confidence, the most blessed virgin will ensure by her most powerful patronage that all difficulties be removed and all errors dissipated. We are firm in our confidence that she will, she will obtain pardon for the sinner, health for the sick, strength of heart for the weak, consolation for the afflicted, help for those in danger. That She will remove spiritual blindness from all who are inherit, so they may return to the path of truth and justice and here be one flock and one shepherd. She stands at the right hand of her only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. She presents our petitions in a most efficacious manner. What she asks, she obtains. Her pleas can never be unheard. Under her guidance, under her patronage, under her kindness and protection, nothing is to be feared, nothing is hopeless. What she asks, she obtains. Her pleas can never be unheard. Everyone here, should say the three Halmeras for holiness and purity every morning and every night without fail. Today, renew your devotion to Our Lady.